everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest new sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topic for the night is an NFL wrap-up show with a special guest, Trevor Harris. With that, I give you the chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cowell. The fire brigade would like to give a warm welcome to Marion's own Trevor Harris. Trevor was a standout athlete at Pleasant High School and broke just about every Division II passing record while at Edinburgh. He has played professionally as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills before signing with the Toronto Argonauts in 2012. While playing in the CFL, he has two Grey Cup championships, one while a member of the Argonauts and one as a member of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Trevor signed with the Edmon- with Edmonton in 2019 and is currently under contract through the 2022 season. During his time in the CFL, he has set a record for most touchdowns in a playoff game at 6 and highest completion percentage in a playoff game at 91%. His touchdown to interception ratio is an incredible 120 to 52. Trevor, welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, no, that's great having you. Good to see you back in Marion. I know uh, you uh, told me you get ready to leave for camp in April sometime, so I'm glad we got a hold of you before you left. I'm sure the hard work starts then, but I'm sure you're preparing now as well. Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest with you, I'd say the hard work is is in the off season. It's that's that's kind of the grind. You try and put yourself through things that you know to prepare yourself for the season. That way, your training, uh, you know, out, out does your competition. And sure. You know that your preparation is bigger than any moment you face during a season, and that's kind of the aim of your of your training, right? Oh, good, good deal. Um, we got a question for you. I'll, I'll lead off. We got a few questions here for you. I'll lead off with the first one. Um, Trevor, tell us what it takes to reach that elite level as an athlete. Well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in, in Christ, and I'm a very you know, Christ-centered person, so I think that first and foremost you have to be rooted uh, in something. Something's got to be the backbone of your life, and uh, you've got to have something bigger than yourself. And, you know, whether that be your team, your faith, your, your family, um, you've got to have something bigger than yourself. And I think the, the one of the biggest realizations that I've had through the years that's helped me get to the point where I am is is that it's not really about me. It's it's about what who you're becoming in the process and uh, the things that you're kind of doing each and every day to better yourself and uh, how you can pass that on to help other people. Because at the end of the day, um, you know the accomplishments fade, but um, you know your impact on the next generation is really really what counts. And so uh, what it takes to get there is uh, is a tireless work ethic. Um, you know, a lot of good people around you, and I've been very fortunate to be around some great people that has put me in great situations that care about me. And I feel like it's kind of my duty when I get, you know, young quarterbacks that come into our organization or, you know, young players that, that reach out to me in terms of, you know, how do you play for, you know, a decade and professionally and uh, want to pass those things on to the next generation and help people out as much as you can. Oh, wow. That's great stuff. Um, and I was hoping my nephew would be in the studio with us. Uh, he's a he's a football player, and uh, I'm sure he would like to be here, but his um, basketball practice got changed because of their school cancellation today. But, uh, no, that that's good stuff. It's it's good to hear. Good to hear you're rooted in family values, and uh, that's where you draw your strength from. Matt, our other member of the fire brigade here, he's got a question for you, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor, yeah. We, we'd just like to, to hear a little bit about your uh, preparations for the, the coming up season and kind of how that's changed over your career in uh, even between between leagues and things like that. Yeah, that's a great question because 
you know, the preparation and the things I do in the off season are, are fluid, and I'm always looking for for that one percent. And and what I mean by that is I'm always flipping stones to see where that improvement comes from. Because when you're in high school, uh, maybe your first year of college, you kind of get that 10 to 12, 15 percent improvement. And uh, once you're at the professional ranks or at the high level college, you know, your last few years, it's it's really about how can you get 1% better because the difference between the good and great is typically 1% or 2%. And so I'm constantly looking for that. I'm searching for that edge. And uh, so, you know, I used to just, you know, get in the weight room and pound steel and just, you know, you know, lift weights and run and, and throw and go until you couldn't go anymore and then wake up and do it again. And now it's, it's really about, uh, to me, it's kind of evolved. I've, I've started working with a, a neuroplastician and he uh, is a brain trainer and, uh, I'm called, it's called combat brain training. He trains Navy SEALs and uh, teaches, you know, how to anticipate and get your brain to, you know, task switch efficiently. And so I started working with a neuroplastician a few years ago. I work with a human performance coach now, um, you know, that, that deals with mental health and not that uh, right now I currently don't have any mental health issues, praise God, but uh, all of us do to some degree and uh, need to find fulfillment. And she kind of keeps me centered and straight in that regard. Um, I watch a lot of film. I, you know, like I said, do my brain training and do a couple other things. And uh, my training has changed to, you know, a lot of, you know, postural alignment specialists. I work with one of those. And I, I do my weight training as well, work on pliability. I go up and train at TB12 with uh, Tom Brady's body coaches once once in off season. And uh, so, you know, I'm just constantly evolving and trying to learn things. And this off season, I've found a really great thing uh, or, I guess, uh, program that's worked for me. And I recently became a certified nutritionist as well. That way I can, you know, learn and evolve and grow in my nutrition game and try and preserve my body as long as I can. Uh, definitely some good stuff there. I mean, I, you know, I guess as a fan, you don't think about all those other things, you know, you do to prepare. So that, that's, that's good stuff to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Like I said, I've just been really fortunate to be around some good people. And, um, you know, when you, when you keep knocking and keep searching for ways to improve, uh, somehow or another, you just end up finding uh, to to get yourself in a situation where you can, you know, do those things, and you've got to go out and search for the resources. And uh, like I said, I've just been really fortunate to be able to find some people that you know have been able to help me out in those those regards. That, that's good stuff, Trevor. That's really good. Um, it's you know, and it's. Can you touch on maybe a little bit? Is there a difference in preparation maybe between um, like from your time in the NFL and your? T- I know that you know it your body's changing as you know in those eight to ten years but what i mean I, it seems to me watching co- uh canadian football league that it is more of a quarterback a passing league um is there is there a, a different set of preparations that you do for the for the cfl than what you did as opposed to when you were in the nfl you know it's just like the way that you train i think the way that you prepare you evolve if i would go back down uh, to the nfl i would I would prepare the, the same way that I do now in terms of, you know, my, my week-to-week preparation, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and get myself ready to play. Uh, but I, I think it's just I've learned so much through the years of how to prepare, you know, knocking on people's door that have been around Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers and playing with guys that have been in the same room and asking them how they kind of do things. And then, you know, seeing if, seeing if you know, there's certain a couple certain things that I could pick up that I could add to my preparation the way that I do it. Um, has it, been really, really fun to do, and uh, to just straight emulate somebody else's preparation would be, wouldn't be wouldn't be right because everybody's going to prepare a little bit differently, want to be authentic, do things the way that that works for you. And just because Peyton Manning's 
one of the greatest of all time doesn't mean that's exactly how I should prepare. But I sure as heck can take some things from him and uh, from people that have learned from him. And uh, same thing with Brady and the way that he prepares his body. And so uh, for me, it's just I, I watch a ton of film. Um, I go through every play that we're going to have in the playbook that week and that game plan versus every coverage they're going to play. Uh, it's tireless. It's tedious. But uh, to be honest with you, I enjoy I enjoy every second of it, and it's just something that you know I wake up every day uh, motivated because I don't want to let my teammates down, and that's something that I really pride myself on is you know being an elite preparation kind of guy. Okay, that that's great. I mean, it sounds like obviously what you're telling us is there is no off season, and uh, you know you found your strength in Christ that keeps you going and keeps you centered. I mean, that's that's some really great stuff for if we got any young viewers out here, and I know we do. Um, we and uh, we had our Super Bowl contest last week, and we had a young viewer, uh, Gavin, from all the way out in Wallingford, Connecticut, won one of our gift cards this week um so i know he's listening uh he's he's an athlete and i'm sure he's hope he's listening because you're really giving our young athletes some good stuff here uh, our other winner by the way was uh floyd from marion ohio they both picked the buccaneers and were closest on the score so congratulations to our two winners from last week um uh gavin was the closest uh he picked the bucks in an overall of 52 and uh Floyd from Marion, Ohio, picked the Bucks in a 60-point score. So I think everybody was expecting the the score to be a little higher. I know this panel I picked the highest. I went like 83 points. I thought it was going to be a shootout. But uh, I guess when you keep Kansas City out of the end zone, it really cuts the score down. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, they, they really put on a show. Um Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Colton, you got a you got a question. He, Colton's got a question for you, Trevor. Yeah. Um I want to just know uh, you know, a little preview of, of Edmonton's upcoming season and uh just kind of the team goals for, for this upcoming season. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh you know, we're we're hoping to get this season started on time and um, you know, we obviously you know, have goals to win a championship and but if you don't have a goal to win a championship like it doesn't make you unique so like to say we want to win a championship you know, well, so does every other team in the nfl and cfl uh that's real real good real awesome right so uh we kind of set that goal and we put it aside and and we say what do we have to do on the day-to-day to to be the team that is going to win that championship and that's getting there early it's being it's paying attention to detail in meetings it's being sharp in walkthroughs it's complete buy-in it's great attitude it's great effort and it's learning from our mistakes and those those things alone are going to just carry us and as long as we have great work ethic attitude pay attention to what we're doing stay locked in learn from our mistakes grow every week and make sure that we're loving each other and putting our arms on each other as as teammates and growing as as brothers and, and having a true brotherhood those are those are the things that are going to get us to our goals and so creating the culture that allows us to do those things on the day-to-day is really where my mind is as a leader of, uh, of this team and trying to get everybody on the same side of the road pulling in the same direction so that we can all have those same ideas and you know when you do that the the numbers the wins the the championships the records all those things they take care of themselves if you focus on those records um you'll lose sight of the important stuff which is 
which is really the camaraderie, uh, the growing, the peaking at the right time, and those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good stuff. Uh, you know, what what are kind of some of your individual goals, or maybe some things that you want to improve on? You know, in this upcoming year, that you know maybe you didn't weren't doing as well, you know, last year, but but want to improve upon this year. Yeah, obviously for me, uh, you know, doing the right things in terms of tissue work and preparing my body so that I don't that I can withstand any hit and and play all eighteen games is really. Um, first and foremost because the best ability you can have the cliche is is dependability and availability and those things I want to be dependable and available for my team every game um, aside from that uh, I don't I don't too much worry about numbers and stats and I know that that people probably roll their eyes and say yeah you do but I, I really don't I, I don't I don't care um, I just I want what's best for my teammates I want to love my teammates and I want my teammates to succeed. You know, I want our DBs to, have, to to set records for interceptions, and I want my receivers to set personal bests for receiving that. And I want my running back to, to block well and, and, you know, set career highs with receiving and, and rushing. And I want our O-line to not give up sacks. And, and those things motivate me more than throwing a certain amount of touchdowns. And, um, you know, seeing my teammates succeed and lift up a trophy at the end of the year and, celebrate wins in the locker room throughout the year. Those are the things that I that really pride myself on. But um, individually, I want to, you know, just continue to to grow mentally so that I can anticipate uh, as well as I can. I want to continue to work on, you know, pinpoint accuracy and throwing on time and being able to avoid rushes, ball security, um, those sorts of things. And obviously taking care of the footballs first and foremost. And that's all, that's all predicated on decision-making and knowing what you're looking at and, um, you know, throwing on time. And so... You know, those things all kind of coincide with the way that I do go about my training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, you kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, the, the leadership in the locker room and, you know, kind of gaining the trust of, of the rest of your teammates, you know. How have you been able to do that? You know, I know you've bounced around to a couple of different teams. You know, how, how have you best been able to kind of, you know, gain that leadership in, in the locker room? It's a great question. And a lot of people say, you know, the word leadership, and I don't think people know what it means. And to tell you my definition of what leadership is is its influence and so how are you being a good leader is how are you influencing and you know there's a such thing as a bad leader and that that's a bad influencer is what it is and so i do everything i can to be a good influencer to to really show my teammates i i love them and care about them i uh you know we're, we're apart from each other in the off season so i reach out to them and i text them to see how their families do and you know i try and call five or six guys on the team every day and just trick in with them just to let them know I'm thinking about them, I care about them, and ask them their goals and the things that they want to accomplish. Because those become my goals, is, is get my teammates for those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, just on the day-to-day when you're around people, you know, asking somebody how they're doing, and not just not just the cliche question of how you're doing, ask them how they're doing. And ask them how their family is. Learn their, learn their family members' names, and, and truly care about them. And, and those sorts of things go a long way when you're talking about sort of influencing others and helping others along the way. Yeah, I know that's that's good good stuff. You know, I, I think that you know that can apply to anybody in any any kind of you know work that they do, Absolutely. not just being you know a starting quarterback in the CFL. That that can apply you know to anybody that that's you know trying to be a leader or show some leadership qualities. Absolutely, hey. there's no question about it. it's a great point. Whether you're the CEO of of BP uh, or if you're you know, a teacher in a school or whatever it is, uh, leadership applies. It's everywhere, and everybody's a leader. And it's just, you know, you can ask yourself that simple question: like, when I wake up tomorrow, 
or you know when I interact with others, am I giving energy or am I taking energy from them? How am I how am I influencing other people? Am I getting them to see the better parts of the world, or am I just complaining and you know those sorts of things? And so I think it's a great question to, for anybody to ask themselves. Yeah, no, that, that's good. We had a uh, uh, internet question come in, Trevor. Um, it's uh, something I'm sure you can tell us. You touched on the 18 game season, regular season, a little bit, but tell us how the CFL playoff for people that aren't familiar how the CFL playoffs go, and then into the championship as compared to what they do here in the United States that some of our viewers might be more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoffs in the CFL is. Uh, the, the top team in the East Division and the top team in the West Division get a bye, and they get the number one seed. And then the, the second-best team and the third-best team in the East play each other. The second-best team and the third-best team in the West play each other. And so number two and three seeds from the East uh, play, and the winner plays the number one seed from the East, and then the same thing from the West. Two and three seed from the West play, and then they go to play the team uh, that won the West, and that's the, the Western Final and the Eastern Final, and then Whoever wins that, those two games go to the Great Cup. And that's all. They're like back-to-back weeks. I mean, there's other than getting a bye in the first round, if you're the East or West champion, um, that's you play every week, no break in between. Yep, yep. It's a uh, it's three-week playoff, and if you're the two-seed or three-seed, you play that first round, the second round, or hopefully the third round. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. That I think that yeah. so that was uh, helpful to some of our viewers. We got that we got that text into us just a couple minutes ago. Um, yeah. Wanted to kind of maybe get into uh, the NFL a little bit, if you don't mind. If you know, I don't know. I know you're a busy guy, and um, I know you're a sports fan, but I know like your career and your family and stuff comes first. So, um, so we'll. Uh, Let's start out by you giving us your impression of the quarterback play in this year's Super Bowl. It's, uh, I think this, this Super Bowl is a good lesson um, in terms of, of what quarterback play is and what it isn't. And uh, quarterback play is not a one-man show. And, you know, as, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he's the best quarterback in the world. Him and Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, are, are the best playing in the world right now. And uh, if you don't have protection, you can't get it done. And that's why, you know, the kind of the chess analogy is if the quarterback is the king of the team, you've got to put people in place to protect him. Because if you don't want to be in protection, then uh, it's going to be pretty pretty difficult to get things done. And as you can see, Tom Brady was protected well. He did a good job of getting the ball out quick. Uh, that wasn't just as a line, just, you know, being a brick wall. He was able to get the ball out quick, make quick decisions, and a great game plan to slow down Kansas City's rush. And uh, when Tampa Bay was getting pressure with four, when you don't have to blitz and you can get pressure, uh, that other offense is in a lot of trouble. And so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I saw a stat where they, uh, Mahomes was pressured on 29 of his dropbacks. That was the most in Super Bowl history. And for the most part, the Buccaneers did it without sending an extra rusher. They did it with their front four. And I think that was that was a big key to the game right there. No doubt about it. Yeah. But did you see Mahomes? I mean, those, some of the throws he was making, the incompletions were just incredible. Yeah. Like, just to show his talent, I mean, he's making, like, I think you remember dodgeball, white goodness, <laughs> yeah. the left, like, I mean, Mahomes did that, and he was, like, throwing seeds out there. It was yeah. incredible to watch him do those things with the pressure he was getting, making cornerbacks miss when they were, you know, blitzing free, and uh, the 
the athlete that he is, and he's he has a messed up toe too. So it's it's truly unbelievable, you know, watching him play when he gets protected, and and they get you know Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, you know, they match them up really well with you know going three by one nub without Kelsey and are able to formation people and create matchups and run low and high meshes. And it's truly amazing watching their offense. And Andy Reid's a big CFL uh, film watcher, from what I've been told, and he gets a lot of CFL concepts from all of the motions and stuff that we do. So um, you can kind of see uh, the creativity in their play calling and what he does. Uh, yeah, I, I do think Andy Reid's one of the most innovative offensive coaches in, in the NFL right now. He he comes up with he comes up with stuff that nobody else is using, and it very well could be pulling that from the CFL. He's not afraid to, to try something new, you know, try something different that, you know, nobody else is trying, um, you know, give them a chance to, you know, see what they can do because they definitely got the athletes, the, you know, the players to, to make it work on that Kansas City offense. I, I, watching Mahomes play, you know, some of those throws that he makes from different arm angles, I, you know, he was a two-sport athlete two-sport athlete in college, I think maybe some of that comes from his years of playing baseball. Um, you were a two-sport athlete in high school as well, Trevor. Um, you uh, still pick up the round ball? Three-sport three athlete, that's right, yeah. Uh, do you still pick I remember you. I watching you play high school ball, basketball. You still pick up the round ball anymore, or you kind of... I'll tell you, I'll tell you I'm, I miss basketball. Yeah. It's, it was always my first love, and I used to go, you know, my freshman, sophomore year in high school, I used to go to the gym and shoot hoops at 6 in the morning. And I'd get up two or three hundred jump shots before because I thought I was going to go to Kentucky or Duke and play basketball. <laughs> and I uh, got to about my junior year, and I was like, you know, I don't think I'm quite athletic enough. I can, I can snap the rim and dunk it every once in a while. But yeah. I, don't uh, think, uh, I don't think it's going to get it done. So, well, I, yeah, I, and, you know, that's kind of a, another great message, I think, for any kids and even the parents, you know, listening uh, stop telling little Timmy that he's a specialist in basketball when they're sixth grade. Yeah. Uh, let them play all the sports. Um, you know, it well rounds them. It teaches them a lot of life lessons and uh, being a part of something bigger than themselves. And I know that all the college coaches that I've talked to and worked with, they, they like multi-sport athletes. And a lot of times when they specialize in a certain sport, they learn the wrong lesson that it's about them. And, and they need to realize and I think this is just my opinion. I'm not uh, speaking in absolutes, but I think that it's a good lesson for people to to know that you know it's not about just the little the, the boy or girl in these situations. It's about being a part of a team and knowing that you know, playing professionally for a long time and taking care of your family is not likely. It, it's possible and it can happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it's it's a it's a great lesson and a great way for the kids to be well-rounded and, and develop that selfless mentality instead of just specializing in one sport because that puts a lot of pressure on the kid too mm-hmm yeah I, I agree with that as well yeah yeah no uh, we, we got another another question uh, you know you kind of touched on you know your preparation and, and things of getting ready for the season and you know just uh, all the things that you do and things like that we, we were just curious you know if there were any kind of like non-sport related things that you have done, you know, throughout your years, um, you know, to help you get prepared to be where you're at today. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of, that kind of goes along with the, the brain training that I've done. I've done some brain training and actually just last off season, uh, I went back to school and became a certified nutritionist and I became a uh, certified uh, personal trainer as well. That way, you know, during the off seasons, instead of paying a personal trainer, I can, you know, micromanage my own. And there's nobody that knows your own body like yourself. And so 
the fact that I can, you know, custom make my nutrition plans and uh, create my own, you know, systems for and programs for working out is has been a game changer for me. And uh, you know, in terms of doing stuff uh, aside from you know my favorite family outside of football, uh, I hate to say it, but it's not really my cup of tea. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in the in the mindset of I do things that are, that run parallel with uh, with my career because. Uh, I want to be the greatest version of myself that I can be for my teammates, and and you know, so I just I'm one of those people that I'm okay devoting, you know, most of my life to you know getting as good as I can at football, being a, a great Christ follower as I can, and loving my family and friends. And you know, aside from that, I'm I'm not going to be the guy that uh, is real handy around the house. I spend most of my time trying to become the best football player and leader I can be for my team. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we can all take take a lesson from that, and uh, you know, just try to be the best version of, of ourselves. You know, no matter what that is or what we specialize in, just just trying to be the best best we can be at that at that particular thing. So that, that's good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And you said it really well. There, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, what, one last question. You know, we talked about you know getting getting recognized and you know kind of getting to that next level. You know, elite level. Uh, you know, taking it from high school to college to you know the pros. Uh, you know, I was just wondering. You know, for a young kid that may or may not be trying to get you know noticed by college scouts. You know, kind of what the process is, or you know, how how do you get noticed, or how do how do you get more notice or notoriety? Yeah, and, and that's that's where the high school coaches come into play. That's where, um, you know, a lot of times I hate to say it, but college coaches just, they go for the kids that are just bigger and faster and stronger and um, those sorts of things. But, uh, you know, there's there's other ways to do it, obviously. And that's what I'm trying to get at is, you know, you can get out and go to camps, uh, go, to the, go to the college camps, go to, you know, if you like that, you know, football or volleyball is your thing, find, find some club volleyball teams and, uh, find some volleyball coaches that, that specialize in what you're trying to get good at, that, that know people and uh, creating connections and, you know, going to those camps where you can get yourself in front of those college scouts and um, rarely do they look at, you know, stats. And so I think that a lot of kids, you know, get wrapped up in stats and it's, it's more about, you know, your skill level and, you know, how they, how they see you fitting into their program more than, more than their stats. And um, it's a, it's a fluid process and, uh, you just got to just kind of keep putting your best foot forward every day, uh, trying to improve and be the best version of yourself you can. And, um, you know, for me in college, I was at a Division two school and uh, I was going into a calculus test. And um, my head coach called me. and was like, hey, Trev, the Eagles and Bills are here to see you. And I, and I was close with my coach in college. I was like, coach, get out of here. I was like, I got a calculus test. I'll call you back after this, though. And I hung up on him. And I got a text from him. He's like, Trevor, I'm serious. The Eagles and Bills are going to see you. I was like, that's funny. I was like, oh man! And so, like, I just think it was—it didn't happen overnight. It just—it happened because I just did the best I could with where I was and used what I had, and that's really all I did every single day. I didn't focus on the NFL. Um, the NFL came because I focused on the process of you know loving my teammates and get better every day. And by the grace of God, it—that's how—that's how it happened. I didn't—I don't think you get there by focusing on the end goal. I think you get there by focusing on the process of getting better. No, thank you, thank you. That that uh, that's that's good advice. Um, now, not everybody can be Tom Brady and play till they're forty-three, Trevor. But I mean, you've kept yourself pretty healthy, and I think that's a testament to your workout regimen. Um, but how long do you plan to play, and what's your plans after you retire? So um, I've always 
told myself that I'm going to play until I feel like God will tell me when I'm done. And what I mean by that is uh, I'm a tireless worker. I'm a vicious, vicious work ethic kind of guy. And the minute that I can't look at my teammates in the eye and tell them that they have the hardest working quarterback that, that exists on the planet um, is the day that I'll be done. And so uh, I don't know when that, when that fire burns out. I don't feel like uh, I'm on the back nine or, or any of that thing. And, uh, you know, just learning some of the things I've learned about training and, you know, pliability and keeping your body young and, you know, postural alignment and these sorts of things and uh, doors that I've been able to knock down by the grace of God. Uh, you know, I, it would be nice to play till two in my forties, but um, you know, like I said, I might I might get done next year, and I might feel like it's time to move on. And uh, when I'm done, um, I'm going to go into uh, college of pro coaching. I've been offered some jobs uh, at some at some of the the levels that I've really wanted to get started at, and I've been told by several people uh, on a multitude of levels that you know when I'm done and ready to hang them up, they told me to call them and they're going to hire me. So um, you know, I, I'm not going to tell God my plans because I think that's what makes him laugh but uh, I plan on coaching when I'm done but uh, I don't want to close doors on on other avenues that I've started to think about as well through this pandemic that, that's great all right well um we uh I know you got two young kids at home that you want to spend some time with you're welcome to stick around for the last 15 minutes of our show um, we're just going to talk some more some more sports but if, if you need to go uh, we understand we really want to thank you for coming on Trevor it's, it's been a pleasure um, I think you've given our young athletes that are listening out there you know some some good advice some things to think about as well as the parents not just the not just the athletes themselves but the parents and how they're you know going about this I, I you approached it in the right way by keep keeping god a center you know a, a focus point in your life and your family and um so you know one one more question before before we let you go who who do you admire most who's your hero trevor uh well i mean jesus is my hero um and i know that's cliche and it sounds crazy or you know a lot of people may roll their eyes like oh of course Jesus, but uh, every leadership book I've ever read, um, you know, it boils down to a couple key principles, and it's caring about others, loving others, and um, and you know, every leadership principle that I've ever seen modeled is is modeled in the Bible. It was modeled by Jesus, and you know, he just he just cared, and he, you know, was sinless in terms of you know caring about others and loving others, and you know, so I really try and aspire to be that, and I'm far from it. I'm very, very faulty. I've got plenty of things that I need to work on, but uh, you know, I obviously want to aspire to be like somebody like that but uh, other than that you know my my parents um have really been true role models for me in my life in terms of uh sacrifice and that's kind of they've been my heroes in terms of you know paving the way for, for sacrifice my parents have sacrificed a lot in their lives for for us kids uh, for me and my two sisters and brother to achieve the things that we wanted to achieve and um you know that boils down to being selfless and you know those things are, are things that i aspire to be you know like my parents that's great that you're uh you know you're brave enough to speak speak your mind on that some people are maybe timid when it comes to their faith and um you know their their love of family and stuff you know they want they want to pick a they want to pick a shining star that's out there uh, you know in the media or in sports and uh the fact that you know your your heroes are time honored i think speaks to your character as well yeah and just one more thing to the kids out there uh and 
don't don't be afraid to, to tell your mom and dad you love them. I, I call my mom every day. I'm a mama's boy. I don't <laughs> tell anybody that. Uh, you know, my mom's a cancer survivor, and my parents were almost died in a motorcycle accident. You know, about nine years ago, and um, I, I call them every day and tell them I love them. And your parents care about you know you more than more than you know. And so, uh, you know, just make sure you tell them you love them every day and. Uh, those things are going to go a long way and you can learn a lot from your parents i know you might think they're kind of silly or stupid when you're 14 but uh, when you become about 30 years old all of a sudden they become really really wise uh, so get ahead of the horse here and and make sure you uh, tell your mom and dad you love them and and your parents or whoever is your guardians are is uh, they're they're going to help you out a lot in life Great to hear. I think that really starts to hit home when uh, you have kids of your own, which, like I, you know, mentioned earlier, you got a couple of your own, and that the stuff that your parents have been pounded into your head the last, you know, thirty years of your life really start to hit home when you start having kids of your own. It's like, oh, my parents weren't weren't as dumb as what I thought they were. Exactly. Exactly. When everything breaks in the house, I'm calling my dad. I'm not sure <laughs> why very good. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm going to go down and uh, play my son in the Nintendo Switch. I don't know how to play it, and he does, and he beats me up on his little game. So. All right, He'll well, you'll, you'll, have to work, you'll have to work on that next. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for joining us this evening, Trevor, and good, good luck in the upcoming season. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Anytime All right. back on, just let me know. All right, we'll see you. Thanks. Right, take care. All right. Good stuff from Marion's own Trevor Harris. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a true role model right there. These kids got a lot to look up to with that. I'll tell you what, I'll be I'll be a big time fan now. I'll be watching a lot more, hearing all that. Yeah, absolutely. With the with the internet now, you can catch a lot more of those CFL games than what you used to be able to. So. And with them playing in a different season than the NFL, you know, playing over like the summertime, you know, you yeah. can catch the games, you know, while the NFL is not going on. So you yeah, can, you, you know, catch football. You still get your football yeah, fix right. in the off season from the NFL, and it and it's fun to watch. It's a it's a very pass oriented uh, game. It's if you like to see teams score. Um, it, it's a it's a high scoring affair. It's a fast paced game. You got those receivers with the running start. Yeah, it, like it, the arena. Hundred ten yard field. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's more wide open. It's 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 really fun to watch, folks. We got a question that came in on the internet last week that we we put off till tonight, and um, and there's been some new developments with some other quarterbacks in the league. But the internet question to start with that was um, the top three landing spots for Carson Wentz. Colton, you want to lead us off with your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I can't really think of, let's say, top three, but I know for sure, you know, top two right now, I would say, are Indianapolis and Chicago. Those are the two teams I'm hearing the most, you know, talk about. Um, and, and, I mean, it makes sense for both those teams. I mean, Philip Rivers is, is retiring, you know, from the Indianapolis Colts. Didn't the Colts just draft somebody last year, though, that they, they thought did, was going to be they, their, they, their they, next they, guy? Jake or uh, Jake uh, Jacob Eason, I believe, yeah. Uh, yeah. quarterback out of uh, Washington, uh, is there. But uh, you know, it, it, Carson Wentz, you know, is a proven guy. You know, you know, you know what you're kind of getting. Let's say with, with him, mm-hmm. you know, with this with this rookie that they drafted. Right. You don't know what. I mean, you've seen him in college. You've seen what he can do. But you know, is he ready to take that next step yet? Let's yeah. say so. You know what you're getting with with, with Carson Wentz. Uh, so it makes sense for the Colts to at least be interested. Let's say. Right. Um, you know, and, and the same with Chicago. Uh, it, it seems that you know Mitch Trubisky's days are numbered in, in, in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in and out. You know, start in and out of the starting lineup this year. Nick Foles replaced him a couple of times. 
you know, they ultimately went back to Trubisky and, you know, let him, let him to the playoffs or, you know, uh, close, close to the playoffs. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it makes sense. You know, Carson Wentz, yeah, he had a rough year th- this year, but, uh, you know, he, he is a proven quarterback. He has a heck of an arm, um, you know, so I could see, you know, Chicago being in there. And I guess if I had to throw out a third, a third team, I would say San Francisco at, at this point. Uh, you know, everything that I'm hearing. Yeah, they're ready. They're ready to move on from yeah, Garoppolo. They're, they're not uh, yeah. satisfied from what they've gotten, you know, with Garoppolo. Um, and, and, and what I'm also hearing, you know, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, you know, the head coach out there in San Francisco, he's a QB whisperer. He, he, he mm-hmm. you know, is able to put his quarterbacks in positions to, to be successful. So. so what happened to Garoppolo? Was it the injuries that – I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I the think injuries, it was injuries, injuries. And just got gun shy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Uh, and it yeah. just seemed like he fell off, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you and, though, Winston, in Chicago, that'd be some ultimate irony going there to then replace Foles, who who had the the Super Bowl success when Winston went down. Right. It'd right. be quite quite the circle there. Right. It would be yeah the whole you know full one eighty there in, in uh, you know in the NFL. But uh, you know I, I would say yeah those are three. Three teams, I think, are your probably top teams. You know, Indianapolis, Chicago, and, and San Francisco. They, so. they, they obviously they all need somebody solid. That there's no doubt about that. Their QB play for the past couple seasons. You think of, any chance Belichick? What I'm hearing, the interesting thing, you know, since I did throw out San Francisco, the interesting thing that I am hearing is that Garoppolo could be headed back to New England. Is, oh, is, the, is the you know get, even get, more full started a success. You know, so uh, you know that that would be you know well, maybe. maybe that's what, that's what started Garoppolo this whole needs. thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what Garoppolo Belichick needs. wanted Garoppolo, and the management wanted right. Brady. Right, so, you know, it could be, uh, you know, Garoppolo going back to New England where he, you know, was there for several years, never got, you know, a significant amount of playing time, but, uh, you know, back in a system that at least he knows and is comfortable with, so yeah. it wouldn't take a lot of adjustment time. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be a real interesting development there, and, like, that could really help turn New England back around after their not terrible season, but definitely not. And their and their quarterback play was not stellar this yeah. year. And you know maybe it's a thing where Garoppolo fits fits better in that in Belichick's system. You know, and that that might be part of the problem. Some other quarterback talk that uh, we picked up on right before the show started. Uh, kind of some interesting news. The Dallas Cowboys put out a hype video for next season, and there was a pretty important piece missing from the whole video, and that was Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. He, wasn't in the, he wasn't in the hype video at all, so there's some question marks in Dallas. Um, they, they're saying it was an oversight. I don't know. You, have a, uh, you don't have an oversight on your leader of your that's, team. That's a pretty big oversight. Yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm not buying that coming out of Dallas. So, you know, I, I – he wants too much money. I, I think if they move on, it's justified. He hasn't proven really anything in this league, and he, he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. It, the money he's asking for hasn't been justified, and if they move on, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm a Cowboys fan, so you know, I, I, can, I can see the reasons why. He, he's asking for the moon, and he hasn't done anything to deserve it yet. Yeah, but, well, I mean, what do you think? What you know, Which route do you think they go then, you know, if they do let you know Prescott walk, you know, are they going to trade for, you know, maybe Carson Wentz, maybe, you know, one of these. Yeah, other, they could be a dark horse for know, him. For, yeah. for him, or, or do you think they go the draft route, maybe try, you know, they don't have a, a great pick there in the in the first round, but maybe they try to move up and, and draft one this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're saying Fields could still be on the board when, uh, what, New England picks. Is, 
Is that after Dallas, uh, or are they before? Yeah, I think uh, I think they're after. So, after, so yeah. I mean that that could be an interesting pick up there. Get get Fields. He's a top five talent that could could drop to him. If that happens. Do, do you take a stab there? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. Like I said, you, you, you know, could even go the, the veteran veteran route as well. You know, like I said, Carson Carson Wentz is you know obviously available. You know, there's other quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to Dallas. You know, there was kind of a rough, yeah. you know, with Mike McCarthy, you know, ending. I, I don't see that really working out right. if Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is, is on the trading block or, you know, deciding to do whatever he does. He, you and know, they don't have the capital to go get uh, to go get uh, Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun they Watson. don't have the draft yeah. picks, so I don't think, to, to be able to get him. I yeah, that, they, they he's going to be expensive. Deshaun yeah. Watson is going to be expensive. In, you know, as many draft picks as they can and then throw in, you know, maybe a couple of their top-level guys, yeah. too. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't know if that, that's going to work out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of quarterback stuff going on. Um, we, uh, you know, with Big Ben, he said he's willing to rework his his contract to get them some cap space like Tom Brady did, you know, his last few seasons there in New England. And, you know, it, it worked for Tom Brady, maybe Big Ben seeing that in, in Pittsburgh where they, you know, he reworked his contract so they could add some, some uh, firepower to that offense. Maybe uh, – you know, I don't know. Big, I don't see Big Ben leaving Pittsburgh, but um, be interesting to see how they work that out. The other, uh, the other QB news was uh, Russell Westbrook did a uh, uh, Russell, or Wilson. Russell Wilson. I'm sorry, I'm thinking NBA basketball. <laughs> Russell Wilson um, did a uh, interview today, and I don't know how it came up, but they talked to him about. Um, trade getting traded and i think it kind of caught him off guard and he said well that's not a russell wilson question uh he said that's a seattle seahawks question was his was his reply so uh, it doesn't sound like russell wilson wants to go anywhere but uh who knows i think that was a big question mark that that uh that yeah, Seattle will be crazy. Raise some eyebrows, I guess. I, I think, uh, you know, I, he also did kind of touch on, you know, his, you know how many hits he's taken over yeah. the years. You know, I was, you know, kind of listening to something, you know, on the way on the way here to the studio, and, you know, they were talking a lot about how many QB hits he's taken, how many sacks he's taken. They haven't had the greatest of offensive line the years he's right. been there. So, and he is kind of a mobile, kind of scrambling quarterback. You know, that that's taking a toll huh. on those knees. Might, might be something ankles. else to look at Dallas, though. They just hired uh, his uh, the old defensive coordinator there from Seattle. And uh, How long has Russell Wilson been in the league? How, how long has he been in the league? Nine years? 2009. Yeah, I think, yeah, probably eight to nine years. And they said they said over that he's taken more hits than any other quarterback. The only one that was close was Matt Ryan from the Falcons. And they said you know, you're starting to see uh, linebackers be able to catch Russell Wilson from behind, and you never used to be able to see that before. I got one more question that just came in. Uh, they want to know about uh, if you heard anything about Aaron Rodgers going to Jacksonville. Yeah, no, I, I haven't really heard anything about about that any, any more than that. You know, I you know heard some grumblings in the beginning, or you know something that Urban Meyer or some kind of you know block blockbuster trade or you know whatever he's going to try to pull off to you know get him. I just don't I, I don't see see that. I don't see Aaron Rodgers being interested in that. So I, I'm, he wants to go to a contender, yeah, I think. Uh, all right, well, we've got about 30 seconds, I think, left here in the show. Again, we want to we want to uh, thank Trevor Harris for being on the show. Uh, he did a great job for us, and uh, congratulate our winners, Gavin from Connecticut and Floyd from Marion, Ohio, our big Super Bowl. 
uh, giveaway winners, and um, we're going to be on next. We're going to be on next week, Monday at seven fifteen. Hopefully, we'll get Braden back in the studio with us next week. We'll have a full crew again. But uh, thanks for listening, call, you know, all our listeners out there. And uh, again, you can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple Play. Um, we're we're out there in media land, so, You're listening to so uh, hit us up. Radio 107.1 FM LP, Marion, Ohio. For guests like the 40th Treasurer of the United States, Mary Ellen Withrow.